All right. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Oklahoma. Today's Thursday, August 24th. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 87 on the first paragraph uh, that starts out, we usually conclude the period. We're going to be reading through two paragraphs ending with make use of what they offer, and comments will be on both paragraphs. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Robin S., 12 Traditions, Anita L., and the readers of the text will be Katie F., Rebecca B., Lauren N. Our reference numbers or share IDs for Wednesday, yesterday, August 23rd, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting uh, is 10342, and the 10 a.m. Eastern 10 Time is 10344. All right, overeaters, OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Robin S. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Kelly. Um, Thank you, Kelly. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I am Robin S. from Connecticut, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you for the opportunity to be of service this morning. Thank you, Robin S. And I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. All right, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. All right, guys, so today we're resuming our study of the big book, and we are on page 87. We're on the first paragraph that starts. We usually conclude the period. We're going to be reading through two paragraphs ending with make use of what they offer, and we will have comments on both of those paragraphs. And today, KDF will start our reading. Katie? Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. 
We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of a religious body, of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. And so um, there's so much in these paragraphs in this whole um, section, oops, let me set my timer, that we've been discussing over the last several days um, that it just, you know, this is, this is where I live. This is what it means to be living in steps um, 10, 11, and 12. And this is in particular is about step 11. Um, so the, I'll just focus on this one um, line. Um, we ask especially for freedom from self-will. Self-will um, is looking where the other person is wrong and, avoid, and avoiding seeing where I'm wrong. Um, and this program on a daily basis keeps me focused on my side of the street, um, but not in a self-centered, narcissistic way, but in a way to continually forever be looking for how I need to change, how my actions that set the ball rolling, that have led me down a rabbit hole that will lead me back to the bedevilments on page 52. When I'm corrected at work, I want to lash out and say, but you don't understand. Instead, I pause and ask for the next right um, thought or action. And then the next paragraph is talking about continuing to seek spiritual help from the spiritual body I grew up with or a new spiritual body. Um, and that's how I continue to grow in effectiveness. I cannot do what I did 20 years ago or worse yet, just think about what I did even last week. I have to take action on a daily basis to maintain the spiritual life. It's such a joy to live this program one day at a time, and it's, it is work, and it, but it is effective. And I can't just um, rest on my laurels and think, well, I, I know everything, because I've been asking for um, uh, quite a few months now, uh, years, decades. Uh, every day I listen on this line, and I learn new things. You know, I learn new ways of doing this. And that's what the spiritual life is for me. It's an, it's an alive, growing um, part of my life that uh, never gets dull and boring. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie F. Okay, so we will now open um, the floor for people who want to share on those two paragraphs. Tina S, Katie, Katie G Larry from Boston. Larry. Larry. Katie G from okay. Boston. Okay, I got Tina S, Katie G, Larry K, Charles H. Who else? Melissa C. Madam Barbara okay, we're, we're gonna stop there. Um I have Tina S, Katie G, 
Larry K., Charles H., Melissa C., and Matt M. So uh, the first first person will be Tina S., followed by Katie G., and if everybody else would please mute your phone, that would be great. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Wow, we're grateful to be able to listen, you know, and I'm grateful that we're in this part of the book. But when I, just when I said that, I'm thinking I always say that because it's the truth today, you know, because the solution for me is in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, pages one through 164. And, and you know, one of the things that I do on a daily, daily, on a daily basis is, you know, the step, step 11 in the morning. And, you know, somebody shared yesterday, and it's exactly what I do. As soon as I open my eyes, I start on awakening. And we ask God to direct our thinking. And what I really like about these paragraphs that we read, it, it tells me what I'm going to do when I get done here. You know, and that, that's what I need. Because if I'm in con- console with God, I'm good. But it's when I get up and get going, that's the issue. And I love that it was just shared. You know, we ask especially for freedom from self-will. You know, and I do that specifically. I say those specific words. And I ask what I can do for the person who's still sick today. So then I have some marching orders like we just talked about. So I know what I'm going to do today, you know. Uh, I'm, and it, that I also know that I'm going to be given whatever I need to take care of anything that happens in my life. And that's such a powerful message for me, such a powerful freedom that I can get up and go and do. And, you know, what I also like is that it was, and it was just talked about, you know, you know, phases of our development. When I, early on in recovery, I heard that, you know, we have phases of our development. There's no standing still here. You know, we are continually growing. And that's the good news today. You know, that is the good news and that, that I can go on about my business and think of somebody else instead of me is just miraculous in my life. You know, and I shared that at a meeting the other day, you know, because usually as soon as I get up, all I'm thinking about is me. And, you know, and, and I'll, I'll close with this. The good news is that more often than not, as I'm going about my day, I'm thinking of you, what I can do for you. And, and in that, I know God's taking care of me. And so with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Next up is Katie G., followed by Larry K. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Kelly. May I be heard? Yes. Thank you for your service. Good morning, guys. KG, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic. I'm starting my timer. Wahoo. Love it. Okay. Be quick to say where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. I have to tell you I am so grateful that I took this line and understood it and, and loved it because I spent my whole life condemning everybody and everything. And now, honestly, I'm quick to see where religious people are right, where Overeaters Anonymous is right, where Alcoholics Anonymous is right, where you are right, because that needs to be my modus operandus. And I have to tell you, the prayers and meditation and um, expansion in my personal life because of Buddhism and Orthodox Judaism and Hinduism and and Overeaters Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, all of these, these um, I don't know what they are, but they're, they're institutions, I guess, and people, right, that have these great ideas that guess what? They're not mine. And when I put them into practice, my life becomes, like, I can't believe, I mean, when I came into OA, I was like, yeah, I don't really need God. Um, and then I, was, I got beaten down. And I didn't have a choice. And so I acted as if for a very long time. And now all of a sudden, years later, 
I'm up in the morning and actually the first things I say is thank you God, thank you God, thank you God, thank you God, because I don't want to hear anything else. And then I'm up and I'm on my knees. Thank you God for another day of absence and sobriety. Help me through the day. And then me and God, we talk about where I'm probably going to fall short. And I love this line, like, I'm not praying for a husband to have a good day so he comes home with a dozen roses, right? No, I'm praying that my husband gets all the gifts in his life that I'm welcoming in my own, right? Like, I'm, uh, and, and whatever that means, like, detachment. And um, I've been praying for this woman who is so much like me, because, and I resent the heck out of her, and, and I've been doing better. And we had a meeting the other day, looked her in the eye. Everything was calm. Like God is intervening into my really thick head, you know, and um, and I don't pray for Candyland anymore. Like when I was little, right, I used to get on my knees and say, God, you know, make me Mary Poppins. Like help me snap my fingers and clean my room, you know. God, get me out of this family because it's too painful to be here. And the miracle of all this spiritual work is I don't want to eat. I want to help others, and I want my life today. Like, they say, find a sponsor who has what you want. Like, I want what I have in my life today because the number one thing I do today is ask you all, how do I grow? Show me how to grow. And um, it is a privilege to do this shoulder-to-shoulder one more day. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. Next, we will have Larry K. followed by Charles H. Hey, good morning, good morning. Can you hear me all right? I can. Thank you. Okay, good, good, good. Thanks so much. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um, we said my timer also here. Okay, so um, I learned I learned in program and in this big book that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. That, that definitely is true for me. I, I have to tell you, I learned that pretty slowly. Um, it took me some time. You know, it makes me think, I was talking to a, a colleague recently about these, you hear about these self-driving cars that are coming? They're on their way. Probably our kids or our grandkids, though, that will be their world. And I was talking to a colleague, and, and she was sharing, oh, that's when I stopped driving. And I said, oh, gosh, I'm looking forward to the day where I don't have to drive through traffic. And she said, no, I, if I don't have control, <laughs> if I don't have control, I, I don't feel good. I don't even use my my cruise control, she said, because I, I just need to feel that sense of control, and I and I get that. I do understand that. Maybe you're like that. I know, I know I used to be like that. I still can be at times. But what we learn in these paragraphs is that I need, I need my higher power to kind of set the direction for my life. I, I've realized more and more in program that I'm really powerless over most things. Food was one of the things. Now I have also learned that I am not helpless. No, I'm not. I, I had to put the food down. No one was going to, God was not going to put that food down on my behalf, although I wished that that were the case. So I have to navigate through a world where I realize that I'm, I'm really powerless over most things, the outcome over most things, and yet I need God to direct my life, and I ask for God to direct my life so that I can trust myself to make the best decisions I can because I am going to have to pick up my axe today to do a little chopping. You're going to have to pick up your axe today. You're going to, you're going to have to go down to the well and fill up your bucket with water, right? Carry your buckets of water. God's not going to do that for you. You're not helpless. But, you know, perhaps before I go down to the well, 
I might just ask God, God, would you direct my thinking, guide me, help me to make the best decisions that I can make today. Help me to trust myself so that I can make those decisions. I certainly don't want to be paralyzed, God. I'm guessing you don't want that for me either. Because I do need that my faith without some works is dead. But can I trust enough in myself that I can take the actions that are necessary in alignment with what you would have me do? That's kind of really what I pray for. And then I go about my day. Gosh, I, I get in my car. I'm in my car now. I gotta. God's not going to drive me to work, right? And I had to take a shower this morning. I turned on the water, all that good stuff, right? But it's just a process. It's a process. Thank God for this process of action. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Next, we have Charles H., followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Charles. Thank you, Kelly, for your um, special service. Love it. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Um, I'm going to try to put my foot in this paragraph here, particularly be quick to see where religious people are right, make use of what they have to offer. Now, <laughs> um, I'm going to keep it official. They, some, sometimes they offer some stuff I don't want. <laughs> I'm going to keep it official with you, right? But I, I see the word religious in this one paragraph three times. Thank God for, remember on page nine in Bill's story when it said, when Ebby was telling explaining himself to Bill, it, it was, it was a, a simple religious idea. Um, and the world done went crazy. they still going crazy. It's still blocking people today, 80-something years later. It's just a simple religious idea. And, and I love where it says, um, you know, if not members of a religious body, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers, which emphasizes the principle we have been discussing, but some people are so anti-religious, um, they don't even want to pray. <laughs> and, and Dr. Silkwork, in his closing, the doctor's opinion, you know, I always say this because it's so true. He suggests that we read this entire book, and although we may scoff, we, we may remain to pray. Now, I was talking with, with a friend. Um, you know, I just want to put this out there. I could follow 12 religions, but I can't follow these 12 steps, these 12 principles. I can't put them into my life. So I, I was challenging a friend. I said, let me ask you something. Do you follow your religion 100%? She's like ifing and button, but then she, she finally said no. Do you follow this program 100%? She's like, no. I said, are you? here's the question I'm going to pose, and it's going to come in as a as a pitch, because today's the last day to register. Are you going to let your religion block you from your recovery? You ain't going to follow it 100% anyway. You're going to fall short. Your higher power, no. Do not miss this life-saving convention. With that, I pass. Thank you, Charles. Uh, all right, now, sorry, I was unmuting, so I wasn't sure if you got if you said pass. All right, Melissa C. is up, followed by Matt M. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Am I able to be heard? Yes, thank you. Hi. Okay, so I'm going to set my timer. Um, it's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, what I what 
I find very helpful here is kind of knowing what my prayers are not, you know. Um, and my prayers are not negotiations with God. You know, I'm not asking um, for help in changing me. You know, in, in, in um, I'm sorry, I am asking for help in changing me. I'm not asking God um, to change to suit me. You know, it's not... Um, I need to be open. I need my eyes to be open um, so that I'm in agreement with with the rhythm of the universe, not so that the rhythm of the universe bends to my liking. You know, I I pray to be free from me, you know, and my self-will, like my stubbornness in wanting my way. Um, and so, you know, it, it, like, makes no sense to ask for help in letting go of my agenda and my wish list, and then, um, you know, and then, like, reading God my wish list and giving him my agenda and asking it um, to come true. And that, you know, and so why doesn't that work? Um, You know, because I've already fired myself. Like, clearly, I don't know what's best. And, you know, I'm not psychic. Um, I can't foresee the future. I don't have the right vantage point. Like, the things that I would have prayed for before, like, um, to be thin, right? That was always my, my huge prayer. Like, I'll be real. That was, it wasn't much deeper than that. It was like, God, please get me thin. And guess what? You know what? It was actually the best thing in the world that happened that I didn't get that, you know? And so I don't know what's best. Um, I don't know how one action, you know, can impact a whole series of events. And, um, you know, and so my prayers used to be a wish list. Like, they were designed to mold God into being who I wanted him to be. You know, I'd cry out for the things that I wanted. Um, and some of them were, like, really good things, like, you know, um, reasonable. Like, like they, they weren't, like, crazy, you know. And I would then attempt to bargain with God. You know, give me this, and then I'll do that, you know. But it's like God is not representing the other side. We're not in negotiation. He's not against me. I don't need to say, like, I'll give up this and you give me that. Um, I, he is the side. He's the only side. And, you know, and so in step two, like, I came to believe in a higher power, not an equal power. You know, I need something bigger than me um, so that I'm what needs to be molded. And, you know, what I found really helpful, and I'll just end with this, is not to pray for specific things, like, but just to pray for a general attitude change in me. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Next up is Matt M. Yes, here I am. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Compulsive Reader. I'm a little bit of the weather, so that's why my voice sounds funny. Um, Melissa said a lot of things I want to say. I can't be using God as a vending machine. I can't press B1 and ask him for this uh, to be thin. I can't press B4 and ask him to give me more friends. I have to learn to be a better friend to myself first because I treat myself very poorly, self-deprecation, and I also talk that badly to myself. If I keep doing that, how can I be a better friend to someone else because I'm not being a good friend to myself? And I can't be, I, I need to pray more in the morning. I really don't do it in the morning like I should when I wake up. I kind of just start going about my day, and that's really what I need to be doing. I need to be using step 11 more frequently in my life. I think it would help me. 
you know, this past Monday, I got kicked out of my day program for stealing food. And I wasn't praying. I wasn't praying and meditating every day. And I did. And I shouldn't have done it because I, so I made a really horrible mistake. But I stopped beating myself up for it. And I'm looking for another day program to get out of the house during the day because I can't stay here all day doing nothing. And um, I'm praying that for the willingness to be willing to keep my hands to myself, to be to, to talk to my friends instead of using them or food or for money, and just be a much better person than I was previously. And I can't do it on my own. That's why I make phone calls. I pray to my higher power in the morning. I meditate. I'm trying to take better care of myself because right now I'm still over 350 pounds. I need to learn. I need to exercise more. I need to eat healthier, which I'm working on. And um, hopefully my higher power will give me the willingness to take to take to take the charge like that and do the next right thing for myself, which I need to do because I need to stop treating myself so poorly. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Matt M. And next, we will have a very special announcement from Julie R. You're up, Julie. Hi. Hi, this is Julie R., a recovered compulsive overeater. And do you know what time it is? Yes, it is NFL season, but there is something even more powerful than that, more spectacular. Don't hate me, Raiders, but it is the last day to register for the Vision for You Big Book Weekend. We have waited almost two years for the return of this. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be exhilarating, captivating, exciting, and beyond your wildest dreams. It's going to be a gathering of people in whom the problem has been solved. You know, I can still shut my eyes, go into my silence, and I can once again feel the powerful energy that was throughout the entire weekend of the last Vision for You Big Book Convention. Wherever you are in your journey, we will meet you there. If you are living in steps 10, 11, and 12, what a great place to continue to grow in your spiritual journey. If you're in steps 4 through 9, there's going to be hundreds, yes, hundreds of folks who have gone through this process and have survived. Let them share with you how the Big Book brought them to in a new way of life. If you are on steps 1, 2, and 3, what a gift to share and hear what these steps mean and where they all fit into the big book. And if you are a newcomer or still in the food or you're in relapse, please, please come and get enveloped in the power of this big book convention. Come join A Vision for You as the big book is brought to life through the teaching and experience of those in whom the problem has been solved. You know, when you hear a familiar voice across the hall, you'll be able to connect to faith. You will create friendships grounded in the teaching of the big book. So today is the last day to register. This is it, folks. Come. When is the event? When is this awesome big book convention? Friday, September 15th, 7 p.m. Closes Sunday, September 17th at 1 p.m. It is not just a convention. It is a spiritual journey of its own that you don't want to miss. And is the cost of travel stopping you from coming? There are still some scholarships. Or if you're interested in sharing, you know, rides or maybe sharing a hotel room, you can find others that are interested in the same thing by going to www.avisionforyou.info and go to bulletin boards. There still are a few scholarships and there's still a few rooms available at the Renaissance Hotel. 
So again, today is it. This is the last day. They will not be able to accept any more after the cutoff. So please contact Melanie C. at 541-908-1221 for any questions. You do not want to miss this. It is going to be amazing. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Julie R., and I'm super excited I get to go. I uh, missed last time, so hope you guys are all there. Okay, so just a little reminder, we are in the big book, and we are on page 87. We are reading uh, the paragraph that starts, um, well, before we start, everybody needs to press star one, because I hear some rustling of papers, so make sure your phones are muted, please. All right, we're going to be on page 87, first paragraph that says we usually conclude the period. We're going to read through two paragraphs ending with make, or we read those, okay? Make use of what they offer. So those are the paragraphs that were read, and we're commenting on both paragraphs. Who would like to read or comment on those? Barbara E. Barbara E. Harlan G. Harlan G. Lisa B. Lisa B. Laura H. Laura H. Okay, well, well, let's start there. Um, so press star one to mute your phones, please. First up is Barbara E. followed by Harlan G. Thank you so much. It is Barbara. Um, yesterday's shares, yesterday's paragraph was so powerful, I felt compelled to put the cotton in my mouth and take it out of my ears. Today, equally powerful, but I've reversed the situation here. I'd love to talk. For me, this step, step 11, teaches me to utilize meditation and prayer. I've always prayed ever since I got into OA. My mom even had me pray when I was a child, but I prayed without understanding, wrote words. Now I pray once, maybe twice, so I really make these words my own. My version of the seven-step prayer. Thank you for the gift of my recovery and for the benefits in my life. Please allow me to be open and grateful for the bounty of friends, family, and growth. Please help me to be of service to you and others. Please help me and others to become what and who we were meant to be. Grant me strength as I go out here to do your bidding without prejudice, but acceptance. One of the greatest rewards of doing this affords me a sense of belonging. I no longer feel as isolated and fearful. I know that if I'm puzzled, I can turn to, to my higher power and others in OA. For me, it is so important that my nightly review is done so I can take whatever corrective measures I need to to correct course during the next day. In the morning and during the day, if I do not hear that small, still voice, I don't panic. I wait. Hopefully, it will come, for, come to me later in the day what the next right action is. I trust that I'll be able to be directed to the right action during the day, knowing that I'm not perfect, that I may falter, and I can not, I must not beat myself up. 
I am doing my best to be less fearful. Right now I'm trying to get over my fear of the many hundreds of people that will be at this wonderful convention because I can feel isolated in a room full of people. I don't want to do that. I want to take everything in. I want to be there and present, and I am really, really excited. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Next up is Harlan G., followed by Lisa B. Good morning, thank Harlan. Thank you, Kelly. Good morning, Kelly, and thank you very much for your service, and I want to thank Team Thursday. I'm off to Chicago this morning but couldn't miss the meeting. This is pure Oxford group right here in the 11th step. What we're reading here, beginning with we usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that is pure Oxford group. And when we look at page 13, if you have a book in front of you, if you don't, you can check me out when you get home or when you get to a book. On page 13, it says here, as Bill takes the 11th step, in the town's hospital with Abby, it says, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. He is in capitals, meaning God. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my request bore on my usefulness to others then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. I would get up every morning, and after a period of my resentment replay machine and running my get-even machine and running my machine in my head of what I was definitely going to eat that day or what I was definitely not going to eat that day, I brought out my wish list. And if I had this, I'd be okay. And if I had that, I'd be okay. And if I had her, I'd be okay. And that never got me anywhere but more sick, more suffering, more miserable, more morbidly obese. And when I look at this paragraph, these two paragraphs here, sitting quietly? What? Me sit quietly? I had no ability to sit quietly because I was screaming so loud at God about what I wanted, I had no ability at all to hear him whisper in my ear of what he wanted from me, and that was always better. Freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. That's not me. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped, we are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. And I was just livid with God for not giving me what I wanted. Now I am here to be God's employee. I am here to serve, and what he gives me is bigger, better, and more wonderful than anything I could have dreamed possible. I must sit quietly when in doubt. Pause, pray, proceed. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you so much, Harlan G. And next up is Lisa B., followed by Laura H. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you so much for your service. Um, What jumps out for me in this whole reading is the essence, the feeling, is that I'm a watcher today. I'm listening. And when I'm doing my 10 steps, I'm watching for those disturbances. And now in my 11th step, I'm a watcher. I'm listening. I'm looking uh, inwardly, that seeking, asking God, you know, for inspiration and direction. Um, I know that living on self, self-will, reliance, it just utterly failed me. Human resources utterly failed me. And I need to learn to um, develop that ear for listening. Uh, that worldly clamor that goes on all the time, it's driven by self-seeking motives, fear, self-pity. Um, that It's a bottomless pit for me, and it, it really is the death of me. And it comes in so subtly, just whispering in my ear all the time, chattering, what about me? What about this? What about that? And it seems... Uh, you know, harmless, but for the the uh, compulsive overeater that I am today, it it is uh, the foot that gets in the door that leads to more. And you see, more and more, I have a disease of more. So um, I need to be listening for what God's will for me is. And today, I know that it's God-focused, other-focused. It's a new center rather than that self-centeredness. But I don't have the ability to think and be on my own. I need to do the steps before, all the preceding steps, all the while entirely abstinent. And I love how it says um, we may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. And that's, again, that other focus. Um, And it says here that I wasted a lot of time praying for myself because I don't know what's best for me. So that's what jumps out for me. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Next up is Laura H. Hi, this is Laura H. in Chicago. Can I be heard? Yes. Hi. Step 11. Oh, wow. I don't know about anybody else on these lines, but, you know, we live in a world that's a fast pace, you know, running all the time. And I really thought that I was God-centered and I was close to 350 pounds. Um, So obviously I wasn't. And I had a lot of fear. Uh, When I did my first fourth step, every single one of them was fear uh, when when you followed down the column. So um, really I have to get on my knees every day and ask God for help in this. This is is living life on life's terms. It's not easy for me. And, you know, I I love in, in the reading how it says we ask especially from freedom from self-will. And, you know, I, I thought God was a, a genie, you know, and then there was the other part of me that begged him, how, you know, please take this from me, you know, and that's not where it's at. I've learned a new way, a new way to approach and have an intimacy with my higher power that brings me so much peace and so much happiness. Um, life still happens. And right now my, my uh, oldest, my younger son is in a place in his life that is very scary for me. And I come each day and I know that he is God's son. And I have to just 
rest on that and just give it all to God. And it's very hard for me to do each and every day. And I just want to thank everyone for being on these lines. You all, in your shares, help me to learn to grow and accept my, my life and to try and become a new person, a new reborn person that can hear from my higher power and live a happy, joyous life. This, this step 11, powerful. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Laura H. Um, well, this is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive over in Oklahoma, and I just want to um, take a little bit of time here to share since we didn't have a million people. Um, the 11th step has just become so important for me. Um, you know, when I first started listening to you guys and people talking about um, living and growing in 10, 11, and 12, um, you know, I certainly didn't have a relationship with a higher power, so certainly not a daily one. I was a foxhole prayer kind of person. And I had the closed-minded. Um, I'm not. I'm sure you guys know. In Oklahoma, we're sort of the Bible Belt, so I have a closed mind to the closed-minded people that are surrounding me. So I had to learn to have an open mind to all kinds of things, and slowly still working on that. But one of the things is, you know, these prayers um, help me so much because I have such an ego and pride, and I still have, you know, the clatter in my head all the time. So. When I do my daily meditation and prayer, I do several of the prayers, but the seven-step prayer is so important to me because it reminds me, you know, I want to go in there and just pray for specifics to get rid of them because, you know, it says in the seven-step prayer that we're asking, you know, our higher power to remove these defects so we can be of usefulness to, to him and others. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like if all of my defects were gone, that would really help me be a lot more useful. But, you know, I don't know what God's plan is. So, you know, that prayer reminds me I'm not in charge. So I, I like to do that prayer every day. And, you know, I, um, I do some guided meditations that do the uh, upon awakening prayer because, you know, I find myself thinking about going all over the place, my to-do list today. So those prayers keep me centered. And um, I just wanted to share real quick how, you know, when I do my meditation and prayer, it just starts my day off. You know, yes, I stay connected through God. I actually set my phone alarm to go off every three hours because I kind of forget. And uh, so my phone goes off every three hours and says, thank God. But uh, so my daughter is staying with me. She's got a new baby and for two weeks. And so Sunday I got up and, you know, went to bed late, got up with the baby, was hanging out. Everything's great. You know, I found myself hearing restless, irritable, and discontent, talked to my sponsor a little bit late on Sunday, which actually was a God thing, and was sharing with her and realized, you know what, I hadn't done my prayer and meditation. I, I had this ritual, this little thing I do. And um, so after talking with her, which is why I'm glad I talked with her, I went out and, and took time for myself and did that. And this is what it feels like when I do that. <sighs> okay. Okay. Because you know what? When I get restless and irritable and discontent, yes, I want to feel better. I'm not going to tell you guys I don't. I go to ease and comfort. I, I, I want God now today. But when I'm feeling that way, I'm of no service to anybody. And guess what? I end up having to make amends somewhere along the way, which – I really don't want to do today if I can avoid that. So all I have to remember is connect with God. You know, my prayer and meditation in the morning is so vital for me. It is my breath of fresh air. It, God is my ease and comfort today. And then I just do connect throughout the day. But for some reason, that morning time is just, it just really helps me. And I just wanted to share that little story. So with that, I'll pass. And we are going to open it up. We still have time for some people who would like to share on those paragraphs. Who would like to Janice share? M. Janice M. Candace. Janice M. Nadia B. Who? Lynn S. Lynn S. Il- Ilana K. Ilana K. 
Well, let's stop there. All right, Janice M., you're up, followed by Lynn S. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Um, <clears throat> good morning to you and everyone. Uh, my name is Janice M. from Massachusetts, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I'm going to just piggyback on your um, share because that's what I was going to say. When I first came in, you know, and, of course, the seven-step prayer is in the seventh step, and um, it's not, you know, <clears throat> it wasn't really explained to me. You know, because I had a question, and if you're new, you may have the same question. What do you mean I can't pray for myself? I thought we were supposed to be praying so that we'll change. Yeah, but the thing that's missing here is they're giving us two statements. We ask especially from um, for freedom from self-will, not what I want, only, only that we it's not a request for me you know so that i will have what i want if we ask for ourselves so that others will be helped which finally means to me okay now i get it i'm so intolerant i'm not telling god what to do but if i pray that i want to become more tolerant if i'm having um some resentment uh, for whatever reason, um, I'm going to pray that that resentment will be taken away from me, you know, and pray for that other person's health, happiness, and prosperity. This is what, these are the things that I become useful to God and to others. You know, what do you mean you can't pray for, I can't pray for myself? Well, this is what it means, and I never really understood that when I was praying the seven-step prayer, but it's so meaningful right here, you know, because it was a waste of time. I was praying for things that, thank God, he didn't give them to me, you know, a different husband when I first got married. I mean, thank God, I still have the same husband 53 years later, you know, a different son. Thank God it's an asset today that I have my son at this stage of our lives to do errands and to help us, you know, in the illnesses, et cetera. So we re- I really did not know what I wanted. And I used to say, well, why should I pray that God would take away the good things? So I just went over that. No, I'm going to keep the good things about me. How do I know if they're good for others or they're good for God? So that's the explanation that I have uh, because why the root of my problem was selfishness. See, I was even always praying for self, for me to do this, for me to have this, for me to behave like this. So now I understand the intolerance to be tolerant will help, you know, will be useful to God so that I can serve him, like was said, and others. And that's, um, and now I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Next up is Lynn F., followed by Elena K. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. I'm just sitting here and, and reflecting on the shares that I've heard and the the paragraph in the book, you know, we usually conclude the period of meditation. And it brings me right back to page 83 where it says the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And I'm just amazed, just amazed. And I've been in programs since 1989, so it strikes me how this always amazes me is it's all right here in the book. 
how to live a spiritual life is here in the book. And when I first read it, this was amazing. And every morning I would write down on awakening and I'd write down my little points and then I'd sit there with my hand over it and I'd pray and I'd ask God to direct my thinking, you know, and, and all this stuff and go on and read the rest and ask that. And over the years, I refined it. And I refined it with different spiritual books and I refined it with other things. And the next thing you know, there was a lot more attention going on to my spiritual books. So I didn't have time to do the big book stuff because I I had evolved, don't you know? And while I evolved right into an eight-year relapse, is what I evolved to. And it's just striking me so much now and I know we hear it all the time but I guess it takes what it takes to go from the head to the heart. And if it doesn't make it to my heart, it won't stay there. It, it just If it's always in my head, it, it, it drops. It, it won't stay there. So I'm just so grateful now that yet again I'm being directed and reminded on how to pray and what to pray for and meditation. And I used to pray so much that my will would be aligned with God's will. And that's great, but what I need to do, it reminds me, you know, we need to take the action. Well, okay, so now your will's aligned, but take the action that God wants you to take. Do the stuff that you need to do. Don't pray just for yourself. Think of other people. I'll just quickly say I made an amends yesterday, and it took me two or three days to get ready to do it. And when I was ready to do it, I couldn't get through on the phone. Then I finally got through and left a message. And I realized this isn't going to happen on your time, Lynn, now. It's going to happen on God's time and the other person's time. And that's what reminds me here when it talks about we don't pray for our own selfish ends. And and my time was, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. And God's time and the other person's time was 5.30 in the afternoon. And that's what it's like for me to live a God-directed life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lynn S. Next up is Alana K. If that's how you say your name, I'm not. I'm not sure how you say your name. Sorry. Are you there? Press star one, Alana. Alana. Okay. Well. Um, Hello. Hi. Her. I thought I, thought I oh. was here. <laughs> okay. Hi, it's Elon. It's Ilana Kay, grateful and recovered in Detroit. Thank you so much, all of you, for your service. Uh, I love Step 11, and um, as an Orthodox Jew, I was—I had a strong faith in God my whole life. And about every little thing I prayed all day, I would get into the car and pray that my journey would be safe. I was always praying all day, and I had formal prayers in the morning. Um, and I was struggled with my food for so many years and tried all these diets and never occurred to me to turn to God with my eating problem. And I realize now that it was very shameful to me and it was embarrassing and I didn't want to point it out to God. See how I'm binging in the kitchen? Can you help me stop? I was just, don't look, don't see me binging in the kitchen. So I invited God everywhere, but I wanted him to not notice me in the kitchen. Um, and that was so incredible to me when I understood my disease and instead of being ashamed of it, realized it's a disease and there is a cure, but I have to turn it over to God. Um, It was just so freeing. And I turn every morning to God and ask him for help. Yes, with everything else in my life and definitely with my food problem. And, um, and it's just been a whole new world ever since. And I'm grateful to be here for 10 years with all of you. 
And I'm very excited to meet all of you in New Jersey. I'll be at the Vision for You. So lots of love to all of you. And thank you. With that, I passed. Thank you. It is now um, time to close. We will have the reading of the big book on page. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Thank you, everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. Um, Our share ID for today's meeting, Thursday, August 24th, is 10347. Okay, now we will close with the reading of the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Rebecca B. will read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, Rebecca B. from Boston Recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.